Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever in the world you might be. I am Nicole BZ and you know everything. This is a series on big ideas for big dreams <laughs> and how to make your dreams a reality. And today I'm going to talk about something I'm actually very proud to declare I am an expert in. I just did an episode on AI, not an expert yet, but doing work that you love I have only and ever done this. I started working when I was 14. Shit, that means it's like 30 years of work. 20, yeah, no, 25 years of entrepreneurship uh, because of my work in management and consulting and entrepreneurship and investing. I have been involved with starting, saving, or shuttering over 50 businesses. I have coached hundreds of people in their businesses, and I've worked with thousands of people when it comes to nonprofits, artists, creators, workshop attendees, conference attendees. And I've talked a lot about this. Now, I don't know about you. I could not do something if I didn't love it. Now, I think a very common misconception is you're going to love every single second of everything you're doing all of the time. So we're going to get into that. We're also going to talk about how you can do the work that you love, how to find work that you love and how to, and this one is the most important, my friend, you ready for it? You got a pen and paper? You gonna tattoo this on your face? How to love the work you do. That's really what this episode should be called because the thing is, I have yet to experience wildly passionate, unconditional love every second of every day. And to be perfectly honest with you, I have no interest in that whatsoever. That sounds incredibly challenging to maintain absolutely exhausting. Also, I don't know about you, but whenever I fall in love, like everything else kind of goes to shit. <laughs> so in business, that would be challenging. But this expectation that it's going to be love all of the time is, I don't know where you got that. And I'm not even suggesting that's what you think. What you're probably saying is, look, BZ, I don't need to love it all of the time, but like, I'd like to enjoy it for at least one minute out of every day. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to give you some strategies as I always do some big aha takeaways at the end. You know where to find me. Hello at NicoleBZ.com. I would love to create an episode just for you. I would love to offer you thousands of dollars of free coaching curated to your needs. You can also find me in my discord container. This is where I talk about all sorts of different ideas. I support individual creators, dreamers, believers, builders, business owners, probably just like you. It is free to join. It will be free forever. Yes. I will let you know about some of the fun things I'm doing that you might need to pay for. Let's talk about how to love the work you do and how to find work that you love. So I'm going to start with a little bit of story time. So sit down, relax, grab a beverage of your choice. Actually, I'm going to have some water. Back to you. So when I first started working in music, I loved it. I was obsessed. Now, I started off as a secretary. So I was answering the phone. I was like filling out spreadsheets. I was taking out the trash. I was cleaning the office. I was, you know, escorting people back to rooms. I was running random errands, everything from like picking up the dry cleaning to ordering lunch to occasionally getting a kid at school. I was, yeah, sending out invitations, you know, just like really basic B stuff. And I did not love that, but I loved being exposed 
to the evolution of the music industry. And I loved music, but I liked really loud, screaming in a garage, three chord music genres. I was working with jam bands. And at the time, my friend, I couldn't have been farther from a hippie. That's actually why I got hired is because I was not a fan of the music. They thought that would be an advantage. They weren't wrong. So I quickly moved through the ranks of that organization because I, I, I worked my ass off, but also I was so keen to learn that. I mean, ultimately, what do I love? I love learning. So anytime you put me in a new place, a new position where I get exposed to new things, I'm going to love it until I figure it out. And then I get really fucking bored. We're going to circle back to that point. But I, I, I kept being pushed into the business side of music. I went from secretary to record label intern. That job involved making 300 phone calls a day and sending out as many packages as my little bloodied fingers could handle. For eight hours a day, I put CDs and posters into envelopes and I called record stores. I did that for months. Eventually, like, I got paid for it, which really helped. And from there, from actually talking to the people on the ground selling our music, I learned a lot. And that's how I got involved in marketing. This story continues, but we're gonna shortcut it. I went from working in an office to wanting to get out of the office. I took a free gig interning for one of my old interns at a music venue. I did that for a while. I saw one woman editing sound. I was like, how did you get to do that? How did you start to become like an audio engineer? I've never seen a woman here. She told me her story. I mimicked it. I found a unique opportunity, most importantly, that I could afford. It just so happened to be in Australia. That was also like a secret desire that I'd probably never said out loud. I got myself to Australia, figured out record production, built recording studios, managed people's recording studios, became the producer. But I, I kept going back into that management position. Can you help us with the business plan? Can you help us with securing funding? Can you help us with sales? We don't have the right profit margin. We need help with hiring. Can you help us manage the team? And eventually, as much as I wanted, I was teaching myself music. I was teaching myself to read music. I was teaching myself how to play music. And as I said, I love learning. So that part was super fun. But I wasn't good enough to be in the studio with the artists because it took me too long. I would stay up all night just trying to capture a guitar sound. I would stay up all night fucking with vocals. And we weren't working with artists that had that kind of time. I mean, who can? So I accepted the fact that where people wanted me was essentially where I was best. And I can remember the like moment of sitting behind a computer, watching the owner of the studio say, you know, I'll take this you work on the release plan for this particular artist. And I thought, you know what, if they keep, if they keep putting me here, if this is where I can serve artists best, if this is how I can allow artists to create a sustainable career for themselves, I'm here for it. I can still have fun with this. I'm still surrounded by art and creativity and amazing people and entrepreneurship and learning. So what I'm trying to share with telling you that story is Sometimes we think we're going to love something and it's not as cool as we thought. Sometimes we're really, really in love with something, but we're, I don't want to say we're not as good as we should be because that doesn't make any sense at all when we're talking about our art. But in order to be able to actually make it a career, our work, where someone is giving us value in exchange for our time and energy, that 
exchange needs to need, make enough sense that you can like pay your bills or cover your materials or break even. Cause we are talking about work here. We're not just talking about art for art's sake or love for love's sake. Right. There are ways to continually flirt with and date your work without necessarily loving every single component of it. And I'll tell you what, what I really liked was being effective. What I really love is problem solving. And the idea that I can help people turn their dreams into reality and make money from it and good fucking money from it. Like, Ooh, that's what wakes me up in the morning. Does answering emails? No. Just doing my power hour with my psychic profit squad. I love connecting with people. I created that so that I could love doing my end of month financial bookkeeping and reconciliations. Like figure out what really lights you up. Okay. So we're going to talk, we're, we're going to get into it now. The simplest methodology I've found for reigniting the love in your work, or let me rephrase, finding work that you love. Reigniting love in your work is a completely different step. Uh, it happens after you fall in love with an idea, you turn it into your livelihood, and then it turns into just regular work. Then it's typically when people hire me, that, that's when we reignite the love in your work, right? But firstly, how do we just find something we love? Brainstorm. This is, this is a super simple four-step process. Brainstorm all of the ideas. This might take you an hour. This might take you weeks. You might have a running list of ideas that you've been brainstorming on. There are no bad ideas. Get as wackadoodle as you want. You can start with the basic be Uber, Lyft. I work with a ton of artists who drive Uber and Lyft because it gets them out of the house. It gets them talking. They can turn the money faucet on and off. And just simply like creating that certainty shifts everything. So just wanted like no shame in the game. Uh, you know, DoorDash, blah, blah, blah. those might be more like United States centric, but the whole idea is like finding work you can do, whatever your skill set, whatever your expertise, right? Make a huge list. Now, when we look at that list, highlight whatever jumps out at you. We're looking for like five to seven things here. Whatever you are genuinely excited about or possibly interested in, or you know you actually love. I was going to say like painting and music. This isn't just about art or being an artist. You might genuinely love spreadsheets. You're my favorite please reach out to me after this. Some of the, my most favorite hires have been the people that I, like, I, I cannot understand how they love what they do. It is the opposite of what I love. It's not even that I hate it. I'm just so apathetic about it. It just never even happens. So guess what? They are the most important tool in my business because they love a thing I like can't even wrap my head around. So whether it's gardening, spreadsheets, watching TV, you can get paid for that now, <laughs> like uh, data analytics, um, making AI art. Like there are so many jobs that didn't even exist two years ago. Get a little funk -a dunk get a little curious, like do some research, watch on Netflix. There are a whole TV series about jobs I didn't even know existed. Don't worry about experience, education, things like that. That's not what we're talking about right now. Just all the cool jobs that are available, right? All the different types of work that you're genuinely excited in. So, so I got a little distracted. First step, brainstorm. Second step, look for things that quite honestly jump out at you of that giant list that you made, things that look potentially interesting. Then look at what could possibly make money. Oftentimes with artists, there's a lot of, and entrepreneurs, anybody who's an amazing idea person, there are a million ideas, right? You are not short for ideas. You probably have a bunch of unfinished product, projects 
uh, and unmaterialized ideas just floating around right now. That's actually a great place to start. Which ones are exciting? And then which ones could make money? The fourth question is now. <laughs> so again, like writing an album, awesome. Starting a new Amazon store, fantastic. That's not going to be monetized right now. So to simply ask your question, to answer your question, how do I find work that I love? I'm giving you the shortcut because this is, this is assuming you want to find work that you love, get paid right now, right? So that is the simple, super simple, super short four step process to answering that question. But, 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 but my sense is you are asking this because you're not just looking for a quick fix right now. You're looking for longevity, sustainability, potentially a career. I don't know if careers are still a thing, but something that you can grow and evolve. And what I'll say is when I look back with 2020 hindsight, I see a career. But if you had told me at 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, <laughs> what I would be doing and how it would be connected, I would have spit the liquid in my mouth out at your face and laughed. Not like you're hilarious, but like you're ridiculous. Stop talking to me. <laughs> when we say yes to what we love, and you know, you know what I'm going to say next, when we make value-oriented decisions, so freedom, fun, excellence, adventure, those are my four values. When I filter everything through that, of course, it's going to make sense. Of course, I'm going to end up at a destination that looks almost like a given because anytime I got off track, as in it wasn't fun, it wasn't adventurous, it wasn't excellent, and it wasn't contributing to my freedom, I had to get off that road and get back onto the freeway that it's taking me to where I want to go. <sighs> Figure out what's important to you. But the point being, like, how do you create a, a life, a body of work? You might be saying, I've never done anything that I love. You might be saying, I need to get the fuck out of whatever it is that I'm doing right now. And you might just be recognizing the work you're doing now is solving a specific problem as in it's paying down debt, debt, it's giving you security, it's making your caretakers, parents, schools, communities, friends, expectations happy. Like it's, it's a means to an end. And there, I have so much respect for that. And honestly, I've said to a lot of different people, find something like that, that you can just plug into that gives you the space, the security, the means to do a thing you love. Because when you do something you love, it does become work and you will be taking on more than just simple tasks that you love. Even the, the purest creatives that I know that only work on their craft, there are moments of exquisite torture that they go through because they are, they are so dependent on their ideas or their skills or their expertise. And there is incredible self-doubt and imposter syndrome and lulls that lead them to question everything. They still have to engage with other people on some level to make sure that that thing that they do gets out so that they can get paid for it. Like, Whatever fantasy you have in your head about doing the work you love exists, like zoom out a little bit from it and look at the next concentric ring or the concentric rings that have to incubate that, that love baby. <laughs> wow. Let's get back to your notes, BC. So you might be short for ideas. Again, do some research, ask some people, you know, something that every single self-development group, guru, MBA, skills development, HR, personality test is going to tell you is what you're good at. 
So run your own little focus group, message five people. Maybe you work with them. Maybe they're from your family. Maybe they just met you. Maybe they're in some online communities with you and ask them what, when they think about you, what's the one word that pops up? What's something that they think you're good at? What's something that you could improve at? I like to add the improve at with a positive question, just because most people aren't going to say like, they're not going to tell you something they think you need to improve about yourself. But if you, I call it the positivity sandwich. If you say like, what's something that you, when you think about me, what word pops up? What's something that you think I'm really good at? And what's something that you think I could improve? What you're, what you're gaining clarity on is what do people come to you for? What are, what are the skills that you are recognized for? And that's going to help you understand at the very least where your potential could lie. So why did I end up with 20 years in the music industry and creative industries? And there was some nonprofit work in there as well. Why did I move into business coaching and leadership advisory consulting? Because I'm good at it. <laughs> like I desperately wanted to be a music producer. I desperately, desperately wanted to be a live sound engineer. I could not hang. And maybe if I had stuck it out for years and years, I would have gotten there, but I had to pay my bills. I was living overseas without any support, network, community, family, nada. So there was, a, there was a reality component that I was forced to how you might think I'm not really that great at anything. That's not true. Firstly, go watch some of my artists and creativity and um, ideation, like inspirational episodes, because we are all creatives. We are all artists and the work you do is your art. So by investing in this love and this passion, you will not just exponentially expand, but it becomes effortless. Like, I don't know how many times I can say this. Identify your values. What is most important to you? I personally believe values can evolve. Ray Dalio believes that principles are everlasting, never changing. If you want to try and figure out your principles from when you were five to when you're going to be 85, be my guest. Values are literally what's most important to you right now. Uh, I have a few different exercises that are parts of like the anti-business school, leader leap, love your work. Yeah. If you're curious about how to figure out your values, holla at your girl, get in the Discord container. Explore your interests, not just Netflix and chill. That's that's can be cool for research, but like join a course, <laughs> join a community. There, there are so many free ways to not just explore, but develop skills in your interests. Ask for free work. I literally just reached out to a connection of mine who works in AI. And I said, I know you're overwhelmed. I'm really good at pretty much everything. <laughs> Not to like big up myself, but I'm a jack of all. Uh, if you need any help with project management, team leadership, coaching, uh, I want to learn AI. I want to fast track my learning. Let me help you help me. Flick me some work. Flick me some projects. I will put together a PowerPoint presentation for you. Like, I, I don't, I've never, I will clean your toilets. Like I don't give a shit what kind of work I do if it exposes me to the learning that I think is going to get me to my desired destination faster. Consider your skills. So kind of like making a big list of potential ideas. Also write down everything you're good at. I, I have a thousand people that are not good at computers. They're not really, they don't really like people, but like they're amazing at gardening. 
They are incredible nurturers and caretakers. There is a business, a side hustle, a livelihood, a potential in, in those interests and skills. Try new things. If, if I were to pick one common thread from every single billionaire habits, millionaire investors, VC hedge fund builders, rock star, household recognized artist names, the most successful people I research, I work with, and I know. They try new things. They get out of their ruts. That can look different for everybody. You know, the like super boring, take a different way to work. Absolutely. Like I say it because it's been repeated a thousand times. Like I, I used to actually follow somebody who would tell people to walk backwards, like go for a, a, a backwards walk around your block. Now that's dangerous. <laughs> and also it will change the way your brain works. You will see things differently. When you try new things and get out of your rut, that's how miracles happen. Okay. Seek advice. Start asking questions. People love helping people. If you're using a platform like LinkedIn or email, recognize the person you're reaching out to might be super busy and they might not know you from squat. So don't just send one LinkedIn message and be like, hey, I'd love to connect. That's not going to work. Figure out where this person is, figure out what they do, figure out how you can help them, and then connect in a way that is actually supportive to them. So you'll see a lot of times people will tell you, start engaging on their content, start commenting on their comment, start share, start co commenting on their content, start sharing their content. People who I've really looked up to, who I felt like were in a completely different place than me. And I've done this my entire career. I went to their workshops and conferences where I could afford to generally where they were free. I might've met them at a meetup or in a community, online community, real world community. And I followed them and supported them as they grew. And then they became a big deal. And guess who wanted to be on my podcast? Guess who wanted to refer clients to me? And that's not just for my coaching. Like when I think about some of the rock stars that I've worked with, when they started out, nobody knew who their bands were. They were playing at midday for free at the local pub. And guess who opened on their worldwide tour? the other band that played with them at midday at that pub. Rising tides lift all boats, lift all ships. I don't, I don't, you know what I'm trying to say? So build your network by asking how you can help those people around you and then make yourself available. Don't just take people's time. Don't pick their brain, right? And I know I'm not like saying anything new here, but when we seek advice, Seek advice from, I was just talking about this with a client and they were saying they realized most of the people that are in their network are service-based businesses. And they just identified, I want, I want to diversify. I want people who are in products-based businesses. I want people who are in manufacturing-based businesses. I want builders, not just service providers. And not to say there's anything wrong with service providers. Hello. <laughs> um, but like diversify your actual network. And so why? Because by following these tips, you're going to discover work that you love and that's fulfilling. Uh, kind of like the story that I told in terms of like, why did I go into business instead of um, what I consider to be like creative work? I needed money. There is nothing wrong with having an immediate need. Find work that fulfills that. And obviously this is about find work that you love that fulfills that.
so get clear on what you need. Money, security, community, flexibility, proximity. I have a brilliant friend who is just looking for a gig that they can walk to. That is going to limit the work that is available to them. They might, this is a software developer. They might end up as a barista taking contract work for software dev, software development. That's perfect. That's amazing. Like, I think gone are the days of our job title defining who we are. So stop looking for, like, like when I would tell everybody that I was a band manager, they were like, oh, that's so cool. I was, I was back to my secretarial work. Sometimes it's not about a glamorous job title. And we graduated past job titles defining us, or at least a new world business building in this 21st century. We are not our job titles. I used to tell people, I will, because I was, I was a band manager, or you know, I, I was an entrepreneur, I had a record label and a recording studio and a touring company and all. They're like, oh, that's so cool. In every instance, I was back to my secretarial work. I was filling out spreadsheets. I was answering emails. I was stuffing envelopes. I was booking travel for other people. I was making phone calls, just checking, you know, answering questions. So, you know, talent would call me. They needed something. I would call somebody else, figure out how to get it, do a bunch of research, reply back. They don't answer, you know, like being a band manager, the actual job is probably one of the worst jobs that I've had. But I work really hard. I'm really appreciative of the opportunity. And here's the thing. That job connected me to my actual purpose in life, which is to allow people to experience the freedom and the success by making their dreams reality. And I realized I was really good at that. I'm really good at making other people money, <laughs> which actually translates into making myself money. But I, I'm able to see the system and the pieces and the strategy and the way to get there. And then we go and I, I get the obstacles out of the way. And like, is that fun? Uh, no. Is it fulfilling? A thousand percent. And I can have fun. Like I'm actually in charge of if I'm having fun or not. Is again, filling out a spreadsheet fun? No. But the way I feel when I have all of that information in front of me and I can run some analytics and see data and see the story and then know what to do next, that is so much fun. So uh, if you have immediate needs, figure it out. Like I said, I, I'm trying to develop skills in Web3 and AI and tech. I can support people in those industries incredibly well because of my experience and my proven success. But do I have like, do I speak the same language as them? No, 100% not. So be honest with yourself. Where are you at? What do you need? What are you good at? What are you willing to do right now to get to the next step? I said, like, get out of your routine. I kind of wanted to just finish this up by expanding on like some aha moments. Again, it's not for me to tell you what to do. You know what you need to do you know where you want to go. I facilitate that journey. I facilitate where you're at to where you want to go. <laughs> but I do that by, by withdrawing and extracting your desires, your dreams, your talents, your creativity, your art. And then we create a system and structure to do that. So here are some potential ways of discovering what you want. We talked about get out of your routine. I qualify that as take breaks. 
break up your routine, expose yourself to something new. People talk about going to the museum, going to the movies, going for a walk, doing some breath work. Like why? Because you're pattern interrupting your own thought process. That will force your brain to just simply switch tracks. That's when new ideas show up and it might not happen instantly. But if you go to the library because you haven't been to your local library, if you walk to the park because you haven't walked to the park today, if you take a different uh, stroll with your dog on your morning walk, like this is how you expose yourself to new sensory input. And I promise you, it will get your gears turning. You'll start asking different questions. You'll notice different things. Your brain will synergize that data in a new way. And this is all generally happening subconsciously. Notice also how this, uh, that was a rough transition there. I need to work on my segues. My brain's going a little fast, but one of the things we can do to maintain the status quo, if you're not familiar with that phrase, it just means like we're accepting things as is we're starting. This is why breaking up your routine is so crucial because at some point we forget that there's another way of doing it. Like brush your teeth with your other hand. Just see what happens when you do that. These aren't complicated, expensive pattern interruptions. You don't need to get a therapist. You don't need to train for a marathon. You don't, you don't need to invest gajillions of dollars in some consultant with some magic bullet silver spoons system that works for them, but maybe not for you. Like you need to figure out how you tick, what gets you up and going, what what do you fantasize about? And, and like, it can just literally be like, I, I stare out that window sometimes for hours. <laughs> There's not a lot going on up here, but I'm breaking my routine. I'm giving myself some space so that when the ideas start popping in, when I'm engaging with you, this is, this is a way for me to get my wheels spinning. It's why I actually created this entire outlet. Not only is this my art, but it feeds my art funny how that works. And I didn't want to do it. It was not fun at first. Sometimes it feels like a heck of a lot of work, especially in the editing and in the, the content research creation brouhaha. Notice where we rationalize the pain of our existence. That sounds super heavy, but what I'm saying is where are you accepting reality as is? Where have you given up? Maybe I should have like trigger warning. <laughs> But boredom, apathy, going through the motions, if you get to the end of your day and you don't even really know what happened, I would qualify that as rationalizing the status quo, accepting things for as they are. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm assuming you're watching this because you don't want to go through your life without being present. Like you don't want to go through life because you're simply being. You're watching this because you want to know how to do what you love. You want to love what you do. You want to love your work. Love is a pretty, on an emotional scale, love's at like kind of the top end. Status quo, I would say like bottom third. Even if you're doing something that might be painful, connecting to that pain is real. You want to know where most of the art comes from? Connecting to pain, the ability not to to experience pain all the time. That is a dangerous, slippery slope for creators and entrepreneurs. Let's be very real about that. But what I mean is when you're in the struggle, recognizing it for what it is, which hopefully, and this is what I mean by rationalizing it. If you were struggling and it's effortful and hard, 
Hopefully that's because it is a, a junction in your journey that is steep and scary. And when you get to the top of it, you will be at the peak and you will be able to see the glory that you have overcome. I have been through a very challenging time for the last year. And really it's been the last few years. We've all have, let's be real about that. I've had some different circumstances than you potentially, but in that struggle, I could be very present with the pain, knowing this is for a reason. This connects to my purpose. This is part of my value set. And on the other side of this, I know are all of the opportunities I've been working my ass off to experience and achieve. That's different than it's fine. I guess this is just how it is. I guess I have, just speaking of me, I, I accepted that I had no energy and I was exhausted all of the time for a moment of time. I knew that was not my acceptable minimum. I knew that that was not the status quo. And also I was allowing that in my experience because it, there, there just weren't enough hours in the day for about nine months. Finding work you love does take courage. It also takes experience in the sense that you might like want to be a, I keep going back to art. You might want to be a software developer and you might be taking a coding course. The first 12 months of that are probably going to suck. <laughs> That's the experience that I talk about. Like you, you need to move past the discomfort of not being great at it. If it's going to connect you to your purpose, your values, getting your needs met. If you can do the work it takes to make the money you want to build the life you dream about, that's amazing. Do that. Test it. Make sure that you are actually using that money and putting it away or investing it or purchasing skills development or support to help you actually build that life, right? I think the most important thing is faith is knowing. And that's certainly what's carried me through the last couple of years. I know what it feels like to love my work. I know what success feels like. And although I'm not experiencing that now, here are the reasons why. And they're generally my priorities and values. You might have not experienced love for your work, love in your work, or being able to love the work that you do, but you know what love feels like. And I don't care if you've never been in love and partnership with another human being. That's not what I'm talking about. Love is going to feel the way it does for you. But like when I look at a sunset or a sunrise, when I see the aspen leaves, if you're unfamiliar, they're kind of dark on green on one side and light green on the other. And so when the wind blows, they literally shimmer. When I see a forest shimmering, when I see a creek and I can hear that water, when I look at my dog, like I feel unconditional, overwhelming love. You can feel that in your work. When you were running on a treadmill, when you were about to go into a super scary negotiation, when you get some really, really hard to take feedback or news, in any one of those moments, there is love available. If for nothing else, the reason that you're hating it is because it's so far away from what you love, that this moment is an opportunity to remind you what love can really feel like. And that's, I get it. I know that that's like so much harder <laughs> to call upon and remember, especially in those super challenging times. However, I, I, I talk about this a lot, but I constantly remind myself in those worst moments, 
that this is here as a reminder, as a contrast, so that I can appreciate sun on my skin. Or like being able to watch the rain not stop and sit there and also cry because I'm in grief. Or I can remember the, the emotional spectrum that's available that, that incredibly challenging times can offer me. You can love the result of your work without necessarily loving your work. You can love your skill set and ability in your work without necessarily loving the work. You can love the challenge. And that's actually when your brain is releasing dopamine. It's during the challenge, not at the reward. That No, the reward is reward in and of itself. And what you're, you're doing is taking a pause to actually experiencing that flush of dopamine in your brain. It is the challenge that is the reward. And sometimes our work, I, I look at so many of my peers now who are in their mid forties, who have achieved incredible things at their shitty ass corporate soul sucking jobs. They now get, have freedom. They have creativity. They have influence. They can support themselves, their families, their, their uh, employees, their team, their communities. They put in the work. They sucked it up. They got it done. They did it for themselves. They did it for their futures. They did it for their families. And lo and behold, they actually got to that place that so many entrepreneurs, so many creatives fantasize about, which is where they get freedom, they get adventure, they get fun, they get excellence. There's, there are a million different pathways to getting to what you want. Take one step forward, align with your values, and I promise that you will get there. None of the famous people that I know gave a shit about being famous. That is, they did not step out to be an influencer. They don't care how many likes they get. They don't care about the comments. They don't even read the comments. Like they were so almost like, I keep thinking blindsided, blinders on. There was this thing that they couldn't not do. It was like breathing, whether it was writing, whether it was music, whether it was speaking, whether it was business. It, it, it is what they lived and breathed and slept and ate and talked about. And <laughs> these are just my people. This is absolutely my community. But like they didn't need any of those other things. They weren't worried about a bed or a home or what clothes they were wearing or what food they were eating or where they were going or if it, they were like, I think about so many people right now who are famous who are so concerned about taking pictures of them at certain locations and who are so concerned with like the network that they're keeping. And it's just like, I mean, that might work for sure. That's not how the people I know got there. And the wealthy people I knew, they lived by their values. Their values might be wildly different than mine. I find that fascinating. But what, what is the commonality between them? They were patient, they were consistent, and they believed. They knew what they wanted money. And they did what they needed to do to get there. And they did it over and over and over again. And it took as long as it took. And now they don't, they have enough money that their children don't have to work. Their children's children don't have to work, right? Like the happiest people I know who are some of the famous people, some of the, well, there's some overlap there, but the happiest people I know didn't give a fuck about money. They didn't give a fuck about success. They didn't give a fuck about fame. They, they just did what they do. And they followed, oh my God, I can't believe I'm about to say this. They followed their bliss. They just did what made them happy. And, and again, not that being happy all of the time is the goal, but they were able to find happiness in the failures, 
in the fuck ups. Like they're the people that are present, they're resilient and they're, they're opportunistic. They recognize that if this sucks right now, that, that means that they don't have to ever do that again. They can learn something from it and just continually improve. The last thing I want to say is some of the smartest, brightest um, geniuses who you'll probably never even hear of, they, they care so deeply about their work. They are so passionate about their work. They sacrificed sanity, comfort, approval, being seen, money, security, happiness. Like this isn't why they do what they do. They do what they do because they're obsessed with it. And regardless of if you know who they are or you don't, they don't care. <laughs> and they're the world's best at what they do. And so, you know, when we talk about loving our work, I think we need to ask ourselves why. Why do we want to love it? Do we want to wake up excited in the morning? Do we want to feel purposeful and impactful? Do we want motivation? Do we want clarity on how this connects to the thing that we want? Do we want to do more than we could possibly ever achieve on our own? And it's through that passion and that belief that we are able to create that. So, uh, gosh, I like the way I feel just talking about work that we love. Uh, it's, it's so exciting and expansive for me. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for being here. I wouldn't do this if it wasn't for you. I literally do this for you. So if there's any question that I can ever answer for you, any support that you need, please find me in the Discord container. The link is below. It is absolutely free to join. I'm probably doing something cool when you're watching this. So check out NicoleBZ.com to make sure that you are aware of my latest and greatest offering and opportunity to create your dream reality. So thank you again, and I'll talk to you soon.